What up, what up? Welcome to the Cast of Color, a show where a diverse group of creatives discuss all things film, TV, and entertainment. My name is John Carter. I am joined by the boy, Joe. What's happening, man? Yo, what's up? I'm back, baby. <laughs> hey, the boy's back. And I'm also joined by the other boy, Gerardo Molina. Gerardo, what's happening, my guy? Hello. Hello. I am back as well. hey we out here so just catching up listeners today is the 29th of december so more than likely this is going to be the last episode of 2020 and what a year it's been goddamn um so just catching up what's up with you guys man gerardo i know uh well i know joe i know you're still working i'm on straight up vacation all week you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. The COVID vaccine nice, is, nice. is out. I'm not getting it anytime soon, but it's funny. There's so much, <laughs> there's so much disagreement on that alone. The vaccine. Oh yeah, out. America. Oh my God. Like who's getting it first? And um, that's, that's America. You know, it's yeah. funny. I've seen a lot of um, on social media, you go to the comment section sometimes for fun just to read. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, there are people that'll be like, um, people will be like, Man, man, Governor Newsom didn't get nearly enough vaccines for everyone. But I'm not going to take it, of course, when it comes out. It's like, so, <laughs> so which is it? Like, recall probably... Gavin Newsom. <laughs> oh, God, don't even start it on that one. People get yeah, it. No. Oh, my gosh. New scum, right? I mean, that's what I see. I'm, people really, <laughs> they question his decisions and... Um, <laughs> who he's deciding to disseminate the the vaccine to it's first. like it's like uh california's thanks obama <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like fucking newsome <laughs> straight up bro this shit is nuts but this is going to be the last episode of 2020 uh second to last of season three you know what i mean and we have a very dope episode lined up today uh we're just gonna go through the diversity report and we're gonna go into a heavy review of wonder woman 84 we have many thoughts on that, mm-hmm. so that's going to be a juicy one. The 84th Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is what the number means. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, shit. It's been, it's been a motherfucking year. It has been a motherfucking year. To, the way we started this year to the way that we're finishing, it feels completely different. But a lot of 2020 needed to happen. And yeah. Yeah, man. With with Ali's dad passing away this year and then with all this racial tension and all these things, it's been fun to do this podcast. So this has definitely been a silver lining in this year. Um, Without any further ado, let's hop right into this diversity report section. So the diversity report that we speak about, the actual report, the two-part report, film, TV, you know what I mean? We've referred to it many times. So I just want to go over the highlights of each report you know what i'm saying so um which is funny the the second part part two of the support walt disney actually helped curate some of the information and research um for the television portion of this report so that's pretty dope so part one is film part two is tv and uh some of the study highlights i'm just gonna go over right now here we go so just off top just off top, less than two to one among film leads are people of color. Less than three to one among film directors, 15.1% are people of color. Less than three to one among film writers, 13.9% are people of color. Um, 
and greater than four to one among studio heads. Only nine percent. And mm. for women, so that was all minorities. This part is for women. Uh, less than proportionate representation among film leads. Forty-four point one percent. Uh, greater than three to one among film directors, 15.1%, less than three to one among film writers, 17.4%. Again, those are just the highlights of the first report. The first report is film. Part one of this for, of the report is film. Part two is television. So some of the highlights from the television section. And we'll start again with minorities, less than two to one among broadcast scripted leads, 24%. Less than two to one among digital scripted leads, 24.1%. Less than three to one among cable scripted TV show creators, 14.5%. I can go on and on. That's really, I just wanted to highlight some of the study highlights from part one, part two of the diversity report. Those numbers are out there. This is can, all on the Instagram page, right? Right. This is all on the Instagram page. It's all available on UCLA.com. You can go online. We just want to give the numbers. I don't want to get too much into the report itself because that shit is fucking numbers and it can get kind of boring. <laughs> but the interesting part is seeing those numbers. Diversity is the factual aspect of the numbers. Um, but another part that I wanted to discuss is something very interesting I came across Instagram. And... It, you know, when I first saw it, I said, fuck me. This goes against everything we stand for, isn't it? I mean, it's so it's an Instagram handle. <laughs> I mean, it, it's an Instagram handle called Done With Diversity. Oh, yes. And, yeah. And yeah. We, we were talking about this earlier and um, Joe, Joe hadn't, hadn't seen it yet. So so I'll explain it uh, to Joe and for all the listeners out there. Yes. Uh, it, it doesn't have that many followers. So no big deal if, if you don't know who it is. So. This page is called Done With Diversity, and it looks to be based in the UK by a South Asian woman. Um, oh, wow. Like uh, South Asian, yeah. So so India for, for a lot of people out there that wouldn't mm -hmm. know that. Uh, um, and she talks, uh, she's this Indian woman from the UK, and she talks about how the word diversity is already uh, kind of already white supremacy, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you're saying that it, diversity should actually be normal. That people of color are normal. It's not diverse. Um, that, that's kind of her point. And some highlights from her uh, from her Instagram page were, uh, you know, she she did post a TikTok that was that was pretty true about stuff where she talks about how um, you shouldn't be trying to lighten your skin, whatever, for Eurocentric values, whatever. Right? That's 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 all fine, and that's I agree with that, but. There's a lot of stuff on here that talks about, there's no specific examples, by the way, but it just talks about how diversity is limiting everything. Using the word diversity is actually limiting the amount of people at the table. Using the word yeah. diversity is saying that white people are the norm and everyone isn't. But, you know, I, 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 I was looking through this and I got a hard disagree with that one, you know? Oh, really? Because, um, yeah, I mean, um, we're a diverse group of uh, people here and and that, that there's no white people here that is that's not what makes it diverse the the inclusion of a white person in here with us what makes it diverse is that i come from a different culture and background than you do and that's diverse just because i think she i don't know this page is almost lumping in minorities together which is also not very good you know what i mean it's like yeah, yeah the, what's the, wrong the, with being different 
absolutely being different from each other is is good that's that's what causes diversity and that's what makes diverse areas and cultures you know like southern california it's a lot of black hispanic and white people and and asian people and and it it all kind of comes together you know yeah and different types of (laughs) yeah and, and different types of people just from the the religious backgrounds and the beliefs and all that and when you scroll through this page a lot of it is um, not just as a token, not just as a diversity tick box, not just seasonally or. Um, but, but there's no ex- specific examples. It, it talks about corporations having tick boxes and having quotas for di- uh, for minorities, which is very generic. It it's like, yeah, we examples. know that. Right, right. <laughs> I feel you because the, the concept I thought it was, was that too many companies are just incorporating diversity and they're using it as a check in the box. And beyond that, they're not doing shit. You know what I'm saying? There's no legitimate initiatives, but I yeah. think, I think there is value in diversity because, you know, like we diversity is a fact. It's the numbers and the facts and all that shit. And the inclusivity. Yeah, you can't lump all minorities in together. We're exactly. Minorities themselves are diverse with or without white people. <laughs> Straight yeah. up. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I feel the, it's like the idea of it. I just thought it was interesting. I came across it. No, no, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Very and, cool. and I was very, like, very, very cool idea. Oh yeah, very absolutely. I, I think the name of it, it's kind of, kind of spicy. You know what I'm saying? You come across it, it's like, oh shit, what do yeah. you guys stand for? But I mean, that that also is kind of a problem. I don't know if you guys saw Obama like last month. He said something about how saying defund the police is just, yeah, hot words. They sound good for slogans, but they don't do anything to help you out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It sounds it says it's a cool slogan, right? Defund the police, but that doesn't actually tell you what the the plan is. It doesn't tell you that it's actually not defunding the police completely. It's just taking away some of their resources. Right. So what that does is cause a knee jerk reaction to the people that you're actually trying to get through, uh, and you're just creating a catchy slogan for the choir that you're already preaching to. And that's what this done with diversity thing kind of feels like. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you're pe- you're preaching to the choir to people that already already know yeah um, i feel you yeah. I, I like i like it's that funny that yeah example i like that example because yeah and it, and it's funny that um on the page it talks about eurocentric visions of beauty or whatever because it's kind of a eurocentric page on diversity um and when i looked at yeah. it from that angle it got a little interesting because yeah you know in the uk there is a lot of uh south asians and everything who who are um you know the, the uk Europe is Eurocentric because obviously it's it's in Europe and and that's their culture and yeah. white people there, but um so I could see how how growing up she would want to start this page and be like fuck diversity I'm normal but uh, it's very Eurocentric um and maybe it maybe it's more effective in the UK but for for a US type thing where we kind of focus more on our differences and and how that brings us closer together right i don't think that that would work right it's, it's like when raven simone from that store raven she was on a talk show she came out and she was like you know i don't look at myself as african-american i'm american and it's like girl you can very much identify as you you should own up to who you are own up to the fact that you are black and that you are american as well you know yeah, what i she mean is, she's part of the culture yeah and when, when you when you start lumping everyone together that's that's where it becomes problematic so i I get it. Like the, one of the first posts, one of the first posts is a stop tokening diversity. You know, diversity has become a lazy buzzword that is used by many brands to look good. The word has completely lost its meaning. 
Should, I agree with like the first half of that. You know what I'm saying? There's, I think there's still meaning and value in the word, even though it is used very often. It depends on how you fucking define it. At the end of the day, well, you where's know what I'm the saying? example? That's yeah, that's my thing. Where's exactly? If, if you have an example, I'm more Absolutely. than happy to agree with you. But if you're right. just talking out here in absolutes, <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. But even when we first started this show and we we said that we mentioned, you know, it's going to have some kind of diversity aspect. People are like, the fuck does that mean? Like, but what does that mean? And it, that's that's a fair question. You just have to elaborate and give an example. Like, this is how what we mean by diversity. Uh, so, yeah, that yeah, was. The, like, like, uh, yeah, diversity of ideas, diversity of cultures, diversity of people. It's OK to be different. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Exactly. You, know? you just have to acknowledge you have to intentionally acknowledge that shit. You know what I'm saying? So. I thought that was cool. Shout out to that Instagram page who gave us a little, a, a solid fucking opener of our show. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and follow <laughs> them on Instagram. That's the Instagram handle done with diversity. They have some pretty interesting concepts themselves. Um, yeah, man, that's, that is the diversity report section. Fellas, you have anything else about that? Yeah, I do actually. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm talking like, about. I, you know, you guys have uh, like I. You probably already said stuff like this, but the name "Done with Diversity" already kind of it. It comes off as kind of triggering, right? But I think where she is coming from, at least the way I saw it when I saw this page, it was like it's just no longer like a um, like. I think her examples that you could like pull from anywhere is like just corporate entities just kind of just tossing it out there just to like show like oh look at us like uh we we like this stuff too like come buy our shit you know or come sure, right i'm like look at our brand and that because we're diverse is, you know that's not an example though see you, right. you just said corporate it's, it, it's really easy to say corporate branding it's really easy to say the corporations it's really easy to say disney right. it's just um like I, I, I don't know. With this, if you're making a, a statement like this, pages, I think you need specific examples, cited sources, just like anything else. The the proof of, the you know, the burden of proof lies on the accuser, right? Is that what it, what the old saying is? Or the uh, yeah. the proofs in the pudding? Is that yeah. what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, the burden of proof is on is on them. If they're trying to prove that diversity is an outdated term, your job is to persuade me of that because Absolutely. I think it's an empowering term. You know what I mean? Right. Very much. Very much. And and get specific with what the hell examples you're referring to. If it's about Nike, say how this, you know, there are mentions about like the fashion industry on that page a lot. Mm -hmm. And shit, I mean, you, say you Nike. Can, yeah. 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 So, you know, <laughs> shit, get, get granular, get specific because we do, damn it. <laughs> we do with the diversity report. Like this, this is the numbers, you exactly. know? So, and it, it's available to people. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I like, I, I like I like triggering things like that that can really make you think and uh, yeah that's <laughs> that's that's all I got for for that yeah fucking yeah. thanks guys yeah that was good that was, yeah that was good that was, a good, you, that was, a, good, that was a good little find you <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah nice little find nice little find um it, it's how did you come across that anyway bro just just scrolling through just scrolling through the gram and. Mm -hmm. I, I saw it on, I just, and honestly, that's, that's a good thing. That's a really clever thing about that Instagram is that the, the phrase itself is 
intriguing enough to get someone to click on it. And that's all I did. I was just like, let me just see what it's talking about. Because again, we're a show that highlights diversity. <laughs> so I kind of felt attacked. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Shit. I was like, <laughs> I was like, fuck me. I want to see what you guys are talking about. Then if, if we're saying we stand for this, which I believe is empowering and I believe there's value in it. I want to see what you guys are talking about. You know what I'm saying? And so when I did come yeah. across it and I looked into it more, I got the idea, but I was like, oh shit, I still, I'll yeah. still use the word and I still have my own idea of what it is. <laughs> and it's, and it's a new, it's a new page. It's the new idea. You know, they're finding their footing. They're finding the way to spread their message. Here, here I see their first post is from July 3rd. So relatively you know, new. Should give yeah. Them a follow. Yeah. Give them a <laughs> follow. 1200 followers right now. It's uh, done with diversity. Just all one word. Nice, nice. Cool page. Solid page. Solid page. Really good talking points. Yeah. And I love how it's like a UK because it, it's it's so different when you have someone from yeah. there giving their own ideas and perspectives on diversity. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Um, All righty. It's, it's that time. What do we got next, John? We're moving on to... What do we got next? <laughs> the movie review section. Oh, yeah. The... Uh, this is it. And the movie we're reviewing is Wonder Woman 84. So we, we have a little uh, a little synopsis. And I think Rardo was going to kick off the synopsis. We're going to do a little synopsis. We're going to go into what we, uh, you know, what we liked about the film, the 80 setting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know yeah. we're going to go into what we don't like, but I don't want to just go right in and go in because, you know, we're going to we're going to get into that eventually. So. Right. Um, you, you, so want, you want to hit him with a synopsis type? So Wonder Woman 1984 is set in 1984. It's uh, about 70 years after the first Wonder Woman. She uh, hasn't learned how to love again. She's still not over Steve Trevor. So it is uh, to her delight when she runs into a, a wish stone uh, that grants people's wishes. It's kind of like a like a monkey's paw type thing. So, yeah, hijinks ensue. <laughs> she gets her boyfriend back <laughs> years ago. Everyone's wishing. Every there's a big old mess going on. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll go into specifics, but that was the non-spoiler review. <laughs> I mean, the non-spoiler synopsis. Yeah. And okay, so shall we? <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. All right. All right. Let's just let's just start from the beginning. Okay. There's a there's an opening sequence where. It looks like it seems to be an an Olympic type sport setting on Themyscira, where there's there's this Olympic thing going on to see who the mightiest warrior is or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is a very uh, to me that felt like an excuse. Yeah, to to me that felt like an excuse to get the Themyscira because yeah, throughout the whole movie, this is the only time you're on Themyscira. One hundred percent. Yeah, the yeah. The first time I watched this, actually, I think I I, I stopped watching it at this point right after this because I was like. I was like, what's the lesson here? This this intro part, for those of you that don't know, Diana cheats. She's about to win her first her Olympic competition, but she cheats right before winning, and she's not allowed to win because she gets caught cheating. Um, there's really no lesson here. It doesn't come into play too much later unless you're really reaching. It's not really um a necessary scene, but yeah, because that's oh, something of integrity. That that's something of integrity, you know what I'm saying? And as soon yeah. as you you open with that themascara scene, and you never go back to a flashback is such an easy thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's open with a flashback yeah. scene and just go right to it. And again, later on, it, it play it. I don't think it, it really played any value in the overall movie. 
and yeah well a, a lot of people really like this uh intro scene i i heard um i i saw a movie review that said that it it um it starts really bad and then it gets mediocre so <laughs> that, that scene was really bad and then the rest of the movie's mediocre that's that's a review i saw and it was pretty pretty accurate yeah. uh, right after that intro scene we're thrown into a mall in the 80s and, and this bro part felt really um back to the future-ish to me it threw 80s right. in your face from the car that pulled up whatever car what was it a firebird or something it pulled yeah, it was up like a firebird and then you and have a girl jogging and she's in just the full 80s get up and it's just it throws it at you in yeah no not it's a subtle a, way yeah, at it's all. a fun little scene yeah yeah, yeah. it's a fun and little it, scene that feels really um feels really like josh josh whedon would direct it uh it feels like uh superman old superman uh really yeah. 80s uh but as soon as that scene is over when you're introduced to the Kristen wig character i believe uh the 80s aesthetic is over it doesn't feel like an 80s movie anymore right it really it really feels it even some of the scenes with like you said with Kristen wig they're inside mm -hmm. these science places i'm just that that shit i didn't you said it gave you like a joss whedon feel the opening scene i was over that opening scene i felt like it was just too much 80s shit thrown at me and maybe I felt that because the rest of the movie just didn't feel that way at all. Like yeah, the really scenes with Pedro Pascal. Really it felt, yeah. Yeah, the, the scenes with, with Pedro Pascal yeah. like in, the, in his office, that, that didn't feel well, like Well, yeah. So so after yeah, so after the mall scene, uh, we're introduced to the Kristen Wiig character. And Pedro Pascal yeah. is introduced shortly after. The Kristen Wiig character is introduced to us just like every other uh, nerdy villain character. <laughs> just like Electro. The nerd villains. <laughs> just like... Um, <laughs> Yeah, the nerd villain that gets hot. Remind me a lot of uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it was the exact, yeah. exact same character. Michelle Pfeiffer, um, you know, all those people. It literally felt like that. <laughs> oh my god! It was gosh. um, you take the glasses off of them and they become hot. That type of '80s trope, which, <laughs> God, this movie needs to decide what it is. After we're introduced to Kristen Wiig, uh. There's this really awkward interaction between her and Diana where there's a lot of tension between them. Um, that doesn't which, really get which paid interaction off. Are, are they in the getting drinks as soon as, soon, as soon as they as soon as they meet, there's like a lot of it almost feels like Kristen Wiggs characters like like uh, it felt like the they started this thing off with wanting to do like an LGBT thing because when it gets eventually uh, they have drinks together. Yes, they do. And in this scene, uh, there was some tension. Kristen Wiig straight up says, you're so out. I just, you're so out and you're out. And when you're out, you just feel so out. And that felt really LGBT-ish or something. And then but they don't really pay that off. Um, yeah. You know, they, 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 so it feels like they wrote some stuff out of, out of Kristen Wiig's character that made her character feel emptier. So um, after, after we're in introduced to Kristen Wiig we're introduced to Pedro Pascal next this is one we're also kind of introduced to the wish stone right yeah so uh his intro the wish bro. stone as you guys saw that shit bro oh, yeah. just I'm like okay I I know he's such a great actor but I, I think oh, yeah. the whole, I was just like who was his character who who are you who are you I think Pedro Pascal's character got more likable throughout the movie just because he was the only one yeah. that felt like he had a character arc. He had a consistent character when it came physically. But yeah. His character when it came emotionally was actually had a really nice arc. Pedro Pascal is introduced. Whatever you 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 get your plot for the film. Pedro Pascal wants this wish stone. Uh, 
Gal Gadot wishes for her boyfriend to come back. Kristen Wiig wishes to be like Gal Gadot. There you, you got your movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's see what happens next. We got Pedro Pascal. He gets his, uh, he gets the wish stone. Uh, what happens from there? Uh, he becomes, he becomes the wish stone. <laughs> yes. It <laughs> dissolved you guys think about that? and he became the stone. And you know, one of my first thoughts is why, how come he was the first person to fucking do it? Like no other person thought to do the same thing. Okay. Exactly. I'm like, it's just the wish stone. That's his stone. Right. I'm like, but there's whatever, no fucking that, stipulations that's... to that. Like no other asshole thought of that before. Like yeah. let me just become the stone so no one else could use it, but okay. So that, so now that we have happened. our basic setup, right? You have your basic now setup. Now we have our yeah. basic setup. I want to get into Steve. What the fuck was that all about, right? So Steve Trevor, for those of you that don't know, is Wonder Woman's boyfriend that died in World War One. Chris Pine's at character. At the end of the first Chris Pine's character. So um, she wishes for her boyfriend to come back. He does, but he comes back in somebody else's body. What's the confusing the... part is, is that you only see Chris Pine. And the movie tells you that he's in somebody else's body and everyone right. sees him in somebody else's body, but we see Chris Pine. So that's just very odd. And it's that really very weird when you odd. think about uh, how Pedro Pascal can turn himself into the wish stone, but they can't just revive Chris Pine. He, he has to be in someone else's body. This that is was so weird. So weird. Know. What this guy, does this guy have a life? or anything like this guy's on security camera stealing jets and he's they're just throwing his body around like he can get shot and die and it, they're just treating it like it's steve trevor's body you know yeah <laughs> so um so you know we're introduced to that gosh that, that that was probably one of the worst worst parts of the movie that i really just couldn't understand so after pedro pascal is the wish stone uh what, what happens after that guy's uh what does he do? He just uh, he just kind of tricks people right into into giving him what he wants. It's Pedro Pascal becomes the monkey's, the monkey's paw. Yeah, it's the monkey's paw. <laughs> so, uh, Chris Pine he figures it out halfway through the f- movie. They bring in this uh this shaman in classic like horror movie fashion, where they uh the shaman brings out a book and tells them what the MacGuffin is, and then. They figure out what the trick is. The whole, the, they figure out the twist. And gosh, that horrible scene. <laughs> if you guys are, if if you guys think I skipped anything, I really didn't. Um, Pedro Pascal gets the stone, and then it just kind of grinds to a halt. The movie gets right very boring. It, There's almost no plot. Right. The the most that happens after he gets the stone is this kind of cataclysmic. Uh, chain reaction from wishes you know what I mean and they really they, they do that real big it's it's that's that's like the main plot that's it's like even when even when the stakes feel high in this movie it, it feels just like it was done so in a way that was so easy like a wish like that that's that's the plot of this like wishing for things and yeah the whole thing is I, wishing I, for things I yeah. know he 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 tricks he tricks he what he basically does is he tricks people into uh getting their wishes granted but now that he is the monkey's paw he chooses what to take from them mm-hmm. so what, what ends up happening is um the stone drains his health every time he, he grants a wish yeah eventually he's able to just start getting his health back because so many people are wishing <sighs> so <laughs> the way he gets the way he the way he's able to um get people to wish all over the world is um 
it's a it's a satellite broadcast network where the president of the United States can be on anyone's TV. He explains it to Petro Pascal. He says the particles will mess with uh, all the electronics in the living room. So <laughs> whatever the particles are from from the TV are touching them and the particles are touching you. Say, touching you <laughs> so therefore you are touching everyone. Um, Petro Pascal has to touch someone to grant their wish. So <laughs> this it's, it's just ridiculous, right? It like, um, it's like, I don't think, so? I don't are, think are these... our particles are touching right now. Like... Our sound waves or something. <laughs> right. So I need to very... touch as many people as I can at the same time. <laughs> very, 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 very convoluted. Very so co- convoluted. Yes. Yes. That's, and... uh, that's how. Uh, and uh, how does the plot get resolved? We got Gal Gadot throwing the tra- lasso of truth on him. Everyone renounces their wish, which is an option, apparently. By the way, you can just renounce your wish and yeah, <laughs> just give back whatever you gave. Oh, oh my God, it's so awful. It, it, it's it's, it's like it, it it counted so much on every single person that he touched to say, "Oh, I wish I want more nuclear. I want <laughs> I wish for more nuclear bombs." Like they just had regular people. Just well, falling well, into it, obviously so. there would be a bunch of people. Yeah, there would yeah, be a bunch sure. of people that wanted nukes, <laughs> but wouldn't there be like? teenagers that want to date with their crush whatever wouldn't there be a lot of right, people wishing right. people dead no one would wish to have wonder woman with them that they seen them or whatever and diana gets <laughs> teleported across the world it just <laughs> fell yeah, man it just yeah, wait, wait hold up before before we move like forward uh because he said the nukes thing so they were wishing for nukes and they just magically appeared out of nowhere right and then once once they renounced their wish they just disappeared so like this goes back to like uh <laughs> like why couldn't Steve Trevor or Chris Pine just magically appear if fucking nuclear yeah, exactly. warheads can yeah you know yeah. I don't I don't <laughs> and why can't it, you just disappear like they do I'm like dude uh just makes me so much more upset about the whole like he has to be in someone's body thing also <laughs> like dude that's, that's also so why does no one remember <laughs> does no one remember the day that that the, that like the cold war almost happened and it magically didn't happen <laughs> like does no oh, remember God. that in 1984 because we do not see that in any other freaking movie i feel like we would have seen that in man of steel in his childhood or whatever you know it's just yeah it, it's it's so weird to have this big event as a prequel in a world where we already know that how everything ends up you know what i mean yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah. and bro back to the point just real quick about Steve Trevor's body being in someone else. Cause then spoiler alert towards the end, at the very end, you see the actual guy who, whose body Chris Pine was incar- in, incarnating. So yeah, it, it, it serves only one purpose and that's to give us the audience. It, it's like, it's just telling us. So it, it's like, this is just for you guys to see Chris Pine's character, but in the actual movie, he's a different guy. So we're gonna give you one scene where he's in up, front of they a, straight a up have mirror. sex. Right, right. And and they, she's they like, I, I just see you. I'm like, bullshit. It's like, dude, you just <laughs> bullshit. You physically want to see weird. Chris Pine. Like, that's odd. That's very strange. This guy doesn't also, even also some of this stuff, man. So, some of these scenes just felt shoehorned in there, like uh the Chris Pine trying on trying on different outfits. That was oh, that was God. for the ladies, huh? Yeah, that was so uh <laughs> Chris Pine has a little Ken doll. That was, that was fun <laughs> to watch, yeah, I yeah, guess. Very, very fun uh, to watch. You know, it's just that shit wasn't funny, bro. That shit was not funny. I was <laughs> waiting to fucking laugh. I was like, this shit is not funny. Fast forward this bullshit changing scene. It ain't funny. 
Well, I, I don't. Put fucking you know, shit off. <laughs> shit. The, the, the Spider Man 2 plot point of her losing her powers just felt very shoehorned in there as well, I think. Oh, my <laughs> like, gosh. Because it wasn't like, fully so, explained when it happened. I, I wait, don't think it was. So, so it's like, bro, she was able. So she was losing her powers, right? But it, it, she obviously didn't lose all of them. She stayed at like 50% or something. Yeah. But. You're telling me she was able to turn the jet invisible at 50% power? Right. Turn She's the able fucking to turn... jet invisible. She was in she, she wasn't she couldn't turn anything invisible in Justice League when it would be important, you know? Right. I'm like, that's a very <laughs> I mean <laughs> Her, her invisible being able, being able to, fly, to fly, bro. <laughs> being able to fly. Yeah, she Come flies on. now. Yeah, she flies now. It's it's wild. Right. Yeah. And we've seen literally well, flies. Well, to play devil's advocate, she does fly in the comics, though, right? Like, there's an iteration of her that flies in the comics. Uh, sometimes, but I mean, she—it's still bad. But I'm, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the, the comics are irrelevant here because, like, we've seen her in BBS, and we've seen this isn't her adapted in from Justice any League. comic story. Yeah, all yeah. On top of that, yeah, yeah. Max, Max Lord, uh, the main villain is is a really really popular justice league character he's actually one of the people that funds the justice league i think in the 80s or 90s mm. he's the guy that actually funds them so uh you think that'd be bruce wayne so, so, what so the hell <laughs> well this was uh this was before um they gave bruce wayne he used to be a millionaire now he's a billionaire fun fact <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that, you gotta change with the times i <laughs> gotta change with the times that billy changes shit well, I think, you know, Batman would, I don't think Batman would fund the Justice League. That's like a world organization. And it's like, uh, he funds his own shit. That's a lot of fucking money, a space yeah. station. Yeah. Uh, in the comic books, yeah, it was Maxwell Lord, you know, this rich oil tycoon guy, which it makes sense. You know, it's cool. It's, it's a guy funding him. I think, I think, uh, yeah. making Batman fund him just gives Batman way too much freaking power. God, they're just trying to do way too, way too much with him. Right. Oh, now. I, I don't even think he, story. I don't even think he, <laughs> I think Batman sees the flaws in the justice league enough to not want to invest his own resources into it. <laughs> he, he invests when it's important usually, but I don't think he's yeah. like the main benefit. He shouldn't be the main benefactor, <laughs> but no. uh, th th that's besides the point. Yeah. That's yeah. Back to the movie. Yeah. That that he's the main baddie, and I mean to 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 be the Wonder Woman villain and to have Cheetah as well, which it, it felt like a very one-off Cheetah character. Which yeah, Cheetah was just there for her to fight something. Yeah, and you know what? If you're gonna do that, get more into the character. You know what I'm saying? Because it is her common arch enemy. They go at it all the time. You know, she's in the Legion of Doom, Cheetah. That would be cool to to see her in the Legion of Doom eventually, you know, that's what they alluded to in some of these fucking movies with, you know, some of these post credit scenes before. And I, I don't know, man, it's a one offer like that. And really not, it felt like such a fucking forced physical threat to go with oh, this no. other. I don't know. I'm don't very much like Cheetah in any other medium anyways. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah. I mean, she's very much. Well, like hey, a... hey, you guys, <laughs> you, you never get her saying i renounce my wish so you never know yeah because <laughs> i mean technically her being a it, cheetah huh? was um yeah her being a cheetah was max's wish if you guys remember um her cheetah powers that was all from oh yeah that was all from the monkey pod effect her wish was just to be like diana yeah. so basically to have diana's powers but no humanity i freaking guess <laughs> but, <laughs> but um so yeah, she probably still has Diana's powers, which is like a 
comic book thing, but like, um, yeah, her being her equal, but not a cheetah, kind of lame. Yeah. I mean, it's also lame if she is a cheetah, so it's a lose lose. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait, hon. Wait, Gerardo. Or let me let me ask both you guys this: Like, is there any like set way in the comic books how metahumans get their powers? Is it like one thing, or dude, like, is it just different for everybody? Nah, it's just different. I mean, like, yeah. uh, like you know, the Flash, uh, you know, got struck by lightning. Well, one of them yeah. got struck by lightning. <laughs> right. You know, uh, so, right. so how does Cheetah get her? How does Cheetah get her powers in the comics? I don't know. Uh, there's like fucking four different versions of Cheetah, I think. Oh, okay. Let me look yeah. it up here. Okay, so as per Wikipedia, Harper <laughs> Minerva was introduced in the '80s after Crisis on Infinite Earths. So she's one of the first post-Crisis uh, villains. There were two iterations before Barbara Minerva, and I believe there was one after her. So Barbara Minerva is the one that's in this movie. Yes. Her origin is that she was a doctor uh, that did something. I don't know. It just said doctor. <laughs> so <laughs> she went on an expedition. <laughs> yeah. She went on an expedition to uh, Africa to find this tribe whose guardian is uh, this woman with uh, cheetah powers. Okay, <laughs> that's their protector. Okay. Uh, while she's on the expedition there, the protector actually gets killed by like a band of thieves, marauders, whatever they are. And um, some protector, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so she just gets it offered to her when she's there. They're like, "Do you want to be the new protector? You could also be immortal with it." She's like, "Yeah, that sounds cool." <laughs> and then sure. she becomes cheetah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure how she gets evil or anything after that, but uh, that's how she gets her powers. And as you can see, that is different than the movie. That is not what happened in this movie, but who knows? Maybe in Wonder Woman 3. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. The cause, hope, the cause hope, of man, her getting her powers were, were weak as fuck. Like the fact I, that hope, just, I hope the next Wonder Woman is like set like in after Justice League. You know what I mean? That, that's what I'm saying. That's That's my main thing because... There was no fucking reason to have this in the eighties. I thought it was gonna yeah. serve more purpose. I really, I thought, I thought it would just be more monumental to the Wonder Woman story, a kind of her origins, or uh, something involved with the Justice League. But continuation post Justice League, I think, is yeah. what we really I mean, love to see. She was only Wonder Woman like four times. Yeah, <laughs> and they they mentioned in, in Wonder Woman eighty four, kind of you know these sightings of her in the DC area, and. Mm -hmm. Bro, she she was straight up running through people and in her in costume and I don't know, man. Like she was in the middle of a mall and apparently that only that little girl is the one that was supposed to see her. Very public. Very, well, I mean, very... I mean, the reporter says reports of a woman helping out or whatever, and it's like, ah, oh, man, it's just it's just really, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, her introduction in Batman versus Superman, it, it kind of felt like the last thing that was ever seen of her was that World War One photograph. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And this this just kind of took that and was like, oh, by the way, yeah, she was you active in the eighties as well. Very active. I mean, to the point where people would remember you present day. Well, I mean, I, that's why that's why I'm getting tired of these like world-ending events every freaking movie. Like, 
can we have a personal story with personal stakes? You know what I mean? It doesn't have yeah. to be the villains trying to destroy the whole world. That yeah. just makes everything so confusing, like um, continuity wise, because, yes, you can watch this movie by itself. And yes, it's kind of a soft reboot. But at the same time, if you're trying to watch it as a series with everything else that's it's supposed to be tied into it, it's it just it's just starting to get pretty sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need that continuity. Shit. I mean, look at the MCU, bro. They kind of. Yeah, just... that's, that's what they do. Right. It's like yeah. yeah, the movies are freaking boring sometimes because they're, they're like the same thing. But at least at least they got the, the little train of continuity going. They you know, know, they explained it very clearly to us in a way that was like, this is what's happening right now. This yeah, is they, a flashback. They in, yeah. They sprinkle in their nuggets in the MCU. Yeah. Right. World building. But here it's just a lot of. This movie felt very standalone. Um, and and it's okay to have a standalone movie in a shared universe, I think. I just I just don't know if it's the best idea to make it completely standalone with no references at all to anything else. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because it's just acting like nothing else fucking happened. And we deserve to have some kind of continuity from Justice League. That's really what we want to see the most by far. Yeah. Especially because, I mean, this was made after Justice League. So, you know, like, yeah, I wish they would at least attempt to tie it in together somehow. What more know? could we possibly want to see? I mean, just people are not out here clawing the motherfucking theaters to see uh, a, a period. Piece. Like, I, I think I mentioned this to you, Gerard, like the first Wonder Woman, it was a period piece straight up. It was back yeah. in the day. World War but it was World War One, I, I believe. World War One, yeah, which was yeah. I thought was cool. Yeah, really and, and it just it felt <laughs> natural, you know, and it felt like a period piece, like straight up back in the day. Yeah, this felt like a forced '80s theme that no one really. I mean, the first Wonder Woman was a great origin story. Okay, we found out who she is, where she's from, the timeline made sense, and then you want to keep that same character, Steve Trevor, just because of the love aspect into this '80s universe. When Justice League has happened, it's just. Gets, well, well gets... also, also another thing is the advertising was all over the place because early on we got some posters that gave off some Thor Ragnarok vibes. Mm -hmm. very, oh, very, very much, very much, bro. It was it, they were marketing it as this big fun action romp. The movie starts off really '80s, but it doesn't keep the tone for long. Yeah, it's just the movie doesn't know what it wants to to really be, and I think that's a that's what really works against it. Yeah. Right. And you know what, bro? I'll keep it a stack. It's like the expectations for this film with the trailers alone weren't very high. And shit, it, you see why. I mean, with, with the half the trailer shit you, you see is most of the action. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, I think all the action. Like, yeah. literally, like I said, she's only Wonder Woman four times. She's Wonder Woman in the mall. She's Wonder Woman uh, when she jumps out of a car one time. She's Wonder Woman at the end. Yeah. And then maybe one more time that I can't remember, but she 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 does not do much as Wonder Woman, which which goes back to the, the identity thing. They're trying to make it this big world building, world ending event, and at the same time, they're trying to tell the most personal of personal stories with her. Right. You know what I mean? It's like very personal because uh, they, they they dive into the love aspect with her and Steve Trevor. That was this thing that they were really holding on to so much. I was like, let that shit go. That was not enough. To make this sequel based off of that you know what i mean and you're holding on to it way too much and, and i mean i feel like they could have made a movie that was maybe set in world war ii or the vietnam yeah. war but right the 80s is literally like 
he's been dead for 70 years. Yeah. And then you do the funky ass thing with the it's a different person. That shit is weird. Cause then they, they right after that, it's like a they have just slept together. So you know hey, they, that they, they were smashing, right? They they were fucking for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, like they're yeah, and it's like at the end of the movie, she sees the 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 guy, like you said, and it's like Man, you had some intimate moments with that guy. You traveled around the world with that guy. Yeah. He has no idea. It's just weird. It's like I, I so know weird. all this stuff about you already, but you have no idea who I am. I'm just yeah. like <laughs> she knows she knows where he lives. She slept in his bed. He's an engineer. She, she knows <laughs> that. It's very odd. And that that was weird. The <laughs> Bro, they did that just to give us Chris Pine because when they explained that it was a different person, it's like okay, they could so have brought back just Chris Pine and said he's made out of clay or whatever. That's what I thought they were gonna do, yeah. but this he's, is just, he's, not, he's not the real version. Yeah, yeah, like it's a, it's like a fake body with his real soul or whatever. But this was just weird. Before, yeah, no. So here's what I feel like happened here. It almost feels as if, for one, the intro scene, like. Like when Robin Wright and Chris Pine signed on for this movie, it probably says somewhere in their contracts, it's like, okay, you're guaranteed two movies. And now it's like, okay, well, now we need to like put some slop together so that we can satisfy this part of their contract. So let's bring back Chris Pine and Robin Wright in this really weird ass way. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 The Robin Wright thing. Yeah. That definitely feels like it was like a contract thing. Both of them fucking died. <laughs> but, uh, it's like with hers, that one is at least it's a flashback to Themyscira. That's whatever. Yeah, no, but, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But it's like with Chris Pine, that one is just un unforgivable to me. <laughs> it is. It is, bro. It's just it was so because you expected a very yeah. thorough explanation. Once we saw the trailers, we now, expected a very thorough explanation. Now, now if got. there is a if there is like a silver lining to this, I I would think it's uh, Manolo. No. My dog's trying something. <laughs> that was my dog. Stop um, it, Manolo. So uh, the one silver lining I would say to this movie is probably Pedro Pascal. I really liked him a lot. I did. Was, I did. And then, yeah, yeah, his his character felt awesome. Like his mannerisms were were the mannerisms of the character. Every time he held his arms out in front of himself, like as a salesman, yeah. it wasn't a cheesy character choice. It was an actual intentional character choice, which was yeah. very cool and his having it up at the end i feel like he earned that maybe because you know mm -hmm. he built he builds up to it um while everyone else starts hammy <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I uh one of uh one of my favorite youtube reviewers chris Stuckman, I he mentioned that it's accidentally cheesy not lovably cheesy and i mm -hmm. thought that was a good explanation the sam raimi movies those are lovably cheesy yeah um, this is accidentally cheesy <laughs> yeah and when it's accidental it takes away from the charm you yeah, know what i'm saying Petra yeah. pascal felt like the only one that was actually able to ham it up in a in a way that you can ham it up because gosh yeah. gal line reading was was bad this movie <laughs> she was, I didn't she get, was bad i i felt like they they made sure she looked beautiful per usual and you know her looks were dope she looked amazing every scene she did she really did man she looked wonderful and i I, I think Pedro Pascal, you really saw his this this growth of character, you know, him wanting just, wanting the stone, getting the stone and then it building. You saw him. You saw his character. You saw consistency in his character. Yeah. Well, it just it feels like he yeah, like he he it feels like as an actor, he did his work like he went home and he wrote in his notebook. He did his journal. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, right. But like everyone it, it was, felt like it was yeah. thought through. 
everyone else kind of felt like they were either phoning it in or they're just not very good. Like like Chris Pine, that he was he was making his his paycheck, you know. Yeah, straight up, <laughs> straight up. I got so much more from Chris Pine in the first Wonder Woman, bro. Like, I got so much more from him in this. It was just you're when there, but you're he, not really there. Why was he an idiot? <laughs> like why was he so dumb? Right, like, and it's because they're trying to just emphasize the fact that it's a different timeline. Like it was, you know, yeah. It, gosh, it felt so past that. Like he was literally just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop playing the boy. That's that's Captain Kirk. What are we doing here? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And and you know, there's a third one already in the works. I think that's just gonna hopefully give them some room to answer some questions that we have. But from going from in the future from this movie, it's like shit. What the fuck? What did this build to? What what is this leading into? And that's what I can help us think about. What's Wonder Woman eighty four leading into as far as the Justice League storyline? You could literally throw this movie away from the current DCEU and nothing would be different. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) this feels like literally nothing happened because it already happened. Exactly. Exactly. And if you're gonna go to the past, make something very important happen that leads to Something or in make, the make something small happen that has oh, repercussions right. in the future, not make it. That yeah. was also the problem with X-Men Apocalypse that's supposed to be set in the same timeline as the original X-Men. There's this big world-ending apocalypse event, and then 10 years later, it's a way smaller event in New York with Magneto trying to turn people into mutants. Or <laughs> yeah, for real. It's, it's just, it, if you're making a prequel, you got to know where it's going, you know? Yeah, like, bro, straight up, straight up. Because otherwise, it feels half-assed. Because, like, I'm sorry, but Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman is tied to BVS because Zack Snyder's the one that cast her. That was her first appearance. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And she kind of had this mystery to her, and it felt yeah. like she was going to be that third person to really help with Doomsday. And that's cool. Yeah. You know, that's. So, since that was her first appearance, that that's that character. This really should be trying a little bit harder to set something up for yeah. that because, man, that she's. She was literally inactive since World War One. I. I think that was the whole thing in BVS. Exactly, exactly. And when you get to that, when you hear a title Wonder Woman eighty four, it's like there has to be something even subtle that is relevant enough for them to go back in time. And, well, even and do even things. Chris Pine coming back, like, um, doesn't Batman mention something about her dead boyfriend? Yeah, you know, she yeah, never Bruce got over Wayne. it, and that's yeah. why she never. She almost beat she his just, ass for that. <laughs> yeah, and he st- she stopped crime fighting for like a hundred years because of that, and, yeah. and all of a sudden you're gonna make it to where oh, but also uh, forty years ago you you did bring him back and it was okay. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just weird. Very weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the wish the wish aspect felt just not thought through. Uh, Pedro did his thing. His 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 relationship with his son throughout the movie, uh, and very much humanized him. And I guess that was his his final final thing was his, him being with his son. That was that was pretty cool. The final scene. Yeah, uh, and the so thing about his son, to... thing about his son oh. is that like that I thought was kind of touching was like he tried getting his son to like wish like for for his own greatness but then his son did it was like okay well no i wish for you to be great i thought that was kind of nice you know (laughs) selfless children (laughs) and not like us uh, adults (laughs) so what do you guys give it at a out of five uh wonder woman lassos what do you give it five wonder woman lassos yeah um i like (laughs) 2.6 Yeah, I was about to say yeah, yeah, like about two and a half, two point yeah. two, three fourths, whatever. It's it's you yeah, know it's, sure. it's 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 two, it's two and a half, two and a half, 
um, mm-hmm. lassos of truth. And the two and a half is literally only because of Pedro Pascal. Everyone's performances are fine for what they had. You know, that I didn't think anybody was, you know, Gal Gadot is who she is and she acts the way she acts. It's kind of whatever, but yeah. you know. I like some of the DC. I like some of the Washington DC shots, and I, I like <laughs> everything I like else. Gal. I had nothing to do with the actual plot of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna point out what I liked, but yeah, dude, it's the plot was so let down, so underwhelming. Very uh, alrighty. Yeah, very disappointed with it. But uh, yeah. two and a half lassos of truth, people. Two and a half lassos of truth. That's what we're calling yeah. it. That's what the woman eighty four. Well, let me leave it with some. There's some things I didn't get to that I just want to bring up real quick. And like, I might be repeating, but let me, let me start off with this. I think we can all agree that this wasn't a good movie. Like I didn't enjoy it at all. Like, but you know, there are folks out there on the internet that are like, they kind of like almost wanted to bet and like be so like into wanting it to be bad. And now they're out here on the internet, like celebrating, like they did something like like they predicted some big shit and it's like like i feel like most of these people haven't even tried to take the time to watch it yet and on top of this like why are these like fandoms so toxic like especially with comic book movies and like star wars fans and all that stuff like if you dislike the movie then you dislike the movie like who gives a shit like why do you have to go after like gal gadot and like patty jenkins go on their social media try to like talk like mad shit on them like who gives a fuck it was a bad movie like fucking get over it like go get a breath of fresh air oh, or some yeah, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like people are so disgusting out there. But I don't know. Those are just you know those stupid assholes who really go to that extent. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I but I mean, that. ultimately, like there were some things I liked about this movie. Like, uh, like of course, like Hans Zimmer is he's he's good. You know, the score is fine. Um, I did mm-hmm. like Linda Carter's little cameo at the end. I thought that was cool. Um, you know, her little hysteria cameo. Were you guys into that? That was fucking awful. You didn't like it at all? Bro. <laughs> Fuck. I, I, I don't been remember. Doing, it's a post-credit scene. Oh, jeez. I didn't stick around. I was over they, they brought back OG Wonder Woman as and she was the one that ended up being in the golden armor. Hysteria is the one that was originally oh. in the golden armor. She apparently she's been on Earth for she says, I've been doing this for a while, and then she winks at the camera. And that's just I don't know, it's man. It's just some fan service, but it's like, you know. Fan service know. isn't good. Like, like yeah. we're living in an era of, oh, it's fan service. So, so it's good because they're fans. It's like sometimes, you know, fans. It's like service, a little Easter egg. It's not an Easter No, an Easter egg is hidden. This is a straight up uh, uh, a chocolate Easter bunny that you get handed to <laughs> as a present. It's like, um. <laughs> Have her be in the movie just a regular old person, just a person walking. Yeah, by. this you is. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's oh, that's Linda Carter. She Don't doesn't need her. to be Hysteria, the original Fuck, thing, no. and then wink at the camera. That's. I didn't even watch it. Oh, that sounds. I gotta watch it now. But I don't know, man. Uh, I I'm, I'm getting pretty tired of these. Um, bring back the old people, but yeah, yeah. That's just me, though. That's just me. <laughs> yeah, I feel it. I th- I think it, it keeps you in a, um, in a. It might keep you, I don't know, I just feel in the need to, to satisfy me, keep you just a little stagnant, a little afraid to kind of Like the Stanley cameos, those were fine. Yeah, because they were too just, much. They were just, an, mm-hmm. he was his old, he was an old dude, whether he was a bartender or working at a movie theater selling tickets. He was just an old dude, so it made sense. But, yeah, like, mm. um, <laughs> man. 
I like those cameos. I, I, yeah. And then I just, but, they just pop in. I would have rather see Linda Carter just working somewhere. Like, oh, shit, that, that's one of them right there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that sounds awful. I'm going to have to watch it. Though. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Or like 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 uh, Lou Ferrigno in the Hulk. That one was tight. <laughs> yeah. He was just he was just a buff. It's like, like oh, is that Lou Ferrigno? Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's the old Hulk. <laughs> yeah. That's that's cool. But it's like, yeah, oh, exactly. Ah, yeah. That's <laughs> cool. That's that's so that's so sad. Yeah. Okay, but, what about what about the invisible jet? Did you guys like that? No, because she she used like I said, she uses her powers at half capacity and then and then all of a sudden she's never able to turn anything invisible again. It's it's just yeah. that that felt true. I, I knew I thought they were gonna put the invisible jet in it, but I, I didn't know how they how they were gonna do it. But this yeah, it's like they have that, her do that it. part felt very yeah, they had her do it. I was like I would have been cool with the jet and and pretty much if they introduced it any other way but <laughs> yeah oh straight up even if it was just camped out in her backyard just like in a tarp and she yeah she already had it that would have been fine you see nothing but... it's like yeah this is the invisible jet I mean, that's it... that's how she travels you know yeah that's how but... we know wonder woman traveling it's and it was just weird to me that she was able to i, I like that it was in it that's cool but I, I think i was just so shocked by the fact that she was able to turn it invisible <laughs> yeah herself i think that's the only thing that threw me off but it that was cool adds a very different element of her powers i'm like oh shit wonder woman can just turn shit invisible that's that's Apparently. dope <laughs> yeah so i i had no idea i knew that her I, that seemed pretty useful to turn the mother box invisible at some point you know, <laughs> yeah <laughs> never fucking thought of it did you <laughs> yeah well i think the reason that like ultimately like you know, I like those two things, whatever, we'll move on from there. But <laughs> um, I think ultimately, like, why I'm so disappointed in this is because, you know, I think we all watched all the DC movies, and most of them are not good. But then you get Wonder Woman around the first one. And it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a fun movie. And, you know, so in a way, for me, it's like, like Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot were kind of like DC's like kind of like golden egg, and they were going to steer the DCU in the right direction. So when the sequel comes around, like it's kind of like you have like some hopes for it because you kind of expect it to be like at least at the same level, you know, but ultimately it didn't. It was fucking ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's cool that you have Patty Jenkins and, you know, we, we talk about diversity. You know, you got these um, but, but you like, know, female directors doing it. And when you do it like Wonder Woman, the first one, um, it just felt more. It just felt natural. It felt like a true. Wonder it felt movie. it felt fresh. You know, well, uh, pa Patty Jenkins did actually get more power in this one, and she she actually right. uh, co-wrote the script this time around. All well, the more reason why so... it's disappointing. <laughs> you know, it's, you know what maybe, I mean. Maybe, maybe Wonder Woman she had the first one. Maybe she had more to prove. Well, everyone's talking about Patty Jenkins like on every everywhere, and I'm like, I try to look up what she did, and she really hasn't done anything that caught my interest besides the first Wonder Woman, which I thought yeah. was a fun movie, but it's about as good as. Captain America, the first Avenger. It's almost the same movie, but um, <laughs> I think it's way better. I, Captain America, first Avenger is, is I think Wonder really Wonder better. Woman felt Wonder Woman felt to me about the same level as that movie. They're just both serviceable movies for their characters. It's cool. Um, the action scenes were tight, but it's like yeah. Patty Jenkins. That's like the only thing that caught my interest that she's done. So. Hmm, what are know. the expectations? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm like, just like everyone's keep mentioning Patty Jenkins, and I'm like, we can't. I don't know, man. You know, <laughs> well, yeah. it's like the first thing that she did was decent, so it's like, you know, you kind of have a, a set expectation yeah. for her now. 
Well, she's been writing since like 2003 or some shit. Mm-hmm. How the hell do you write some shit like this though? Like there, there's there's so many plot holes I think in the the that can be problematic in the wish aspect of Wonder Woman 84. I just God, fuck the wish aspect. The wish aspect is so bad. Yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> two and a half is, lassos. Two and a half lassos. Rapid. How do you guys? Uh, how do you guys think this would have done at the box office? I would have done all right because people would have gone yeah. to watch it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it did well at HBO Max. I mean, I, I think a lot of people watched it, tapped in, and HBO Max is very much pleased with how it did. I think, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, I go to the movie theater to watch movies I don't like all the time, so. Absolutely, yeah, I think it would have. As far as, like, how much it would have made, though, because the first one, I think, made somewhere, like, north of, like, $800 million. Do you think this would have even come close? Nah, <laughs> not after this type of movie. Too many people don't like it. Yeah, not, I think I think it would, have had, it would have had, like, a strong opening weekend, but then it would have fell off. Sure. Yeah, well, also, <laughs> this year, we would have also had Morbius and... um and uh the uh, eternals and yeah black widow so who knows how we would have even felt <laughs> by the exactly. point by, 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 by the time wonder woman came out you know what i mean yeah wonder woman 84 capitalized on this weekend the holiday weekend and the fact that it was the biggest thing out like so many people watched this movie and so many people were talking about it so two and a half lassos you know it was interesting too is that like when they uh when they did the early viewings of it it got like I think like an eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and once it came out on Christmas Day, it fell so far to I think it's at like sixty four sixty five percent right now. But it I'd never seen something like that before, like <laughs> something that gets like huge like like fresh reviews from Rotten Tomatoes and then just completely falls to hype, well, hype, yeah. <laughs> hype. Awful. That was crazy. Yeah, awful, awful. <laughs> well joe you got anything else for wonder woman 84 no nah, that's it <laughs> that's i think that's a good time to call it because this is yeah <laughs> it's a good fucking place to call it um that's it that's it listeners that's this, that's our last episode of 2020 next time we sit down and record episode 15 season two it will be 2021 we'll still be doing this shit via zoom we're gonna be doing all that but uh yeah thank you for listening thank you for supporting us follow us on instagram twitter at the cast of color joe rardo y'all got any closing thoughts don't uh, bring back chris there pine. wash your hands <laughs> don't, don't bring back chris pine to one Woman three. <laughs> oh, chris is staying at the crib <laughs> Chris is not pulling up. Uh, but yeah, stay healthy into this new year, y'all. And 2021 is going to be, <laughs> I can't imagine it being any fucking worse than 2020. So uh, I'm hyped. And thank you for listening, supporting, sharing, all that. Keep it up. This is the Cast of Color. We out here. Peace. Peace. Peace.